Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Hello, everyone. So glad you're with us. We're going to continue talking today about being awake, being alert to the last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit, knowing what God is doing, and understanding how you can get into the flow of that. We can't make God bring revival, but we sure can cooperate with Him when it comes to experiencing that revival that He only can bring. It's not manufactured by man, and it's not hyped up. It's real, and it's for the last days that we live in. Now, last time we were here, and I'm going to pick back up because I want to make sure that I get some uh, good truths in here about revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the hunger of God, and that was one of the observations that I've made over the years through what I've read, through what I've experienced, is a great hunger for God seems to be present in the time of these awakenings. So I'm not going to go back there today, but I am going to go uh, into my second observation about revivals. And again, this is one that we experienced in the late 70s when we uh, were leading a youth group, my husband and I, and we were seeing people on fire. These young people were on fire for God. So another observation, again, that I made was a strong desire to pray. A strong desire to pray. Now, prayer is being in fellowship with the Lord in your conversation. It's communing with Him. It's carrying on a conversation with God. And so many babes in Christ think all it is, is Lord, I need this, and Lord, I need that. And heaven knows we need to ask for the things that we need, so I'm not indicating that that's not proper. But you know, there's only so much of that that we can do, asking for things. Then we need to go before the Lord, just worshiping the Lord, lifting our hands. That's what the Bible says to do. Lift up holy hands. And you say, well, my hands aren't holy. Well, if you're counting on your holiness and righteousness, no, it isn't. But it's the righteousness of God and it's the holiness of God that makes our hands righteous. That we can lift up our hands in the sanctuary as we're told to do. That we can go before God in prayer and worship before Him. See, worship is a part of prayer. And this is something that we see um, in, in these awakenings. People have a strong desire to pray through worship. Coming before God, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We'll talk just a little bit more about that, maybe in a few minutes if we get to it. But we need to have this strong desire to know God. Now, I think uh, that it is interesting that the Scripture tells us in Philippians, I think it's 3.10, 
He says, oh, that I might know him. There needs to be this pressing in to know God. And one of the ways is through prayer. You press in to know the Lord through this fellowship, communion, and worship with the Lord. And, and it goes on to say, oh, that I might know him and, listen to this, the power of his resurrection. Do you understand resurrection power? In its fullness, I certainly don't. I know Jesus was raised from the dead, but evidently there is this resurrection power that is available to the church. And as we press in to know God through prayer, through our communion with Him, I believe He opens these new discoveries to us and we can know about resurrection. We can know about this revival power that's available and this resurrection power that's available to us. It doesn't have to be continually hidden. It can come out and be known to us. Oh, that I might know him. A heart cry to know God. Oh yeah, I want to know God. That's not what I'm talking about. It is something, a strong desire that's attached to this hunger that we talked about as the first observation. But then pressing in to know Him through prayer, so important. I remember when we experienced this revival in the late 70s in this denominational church that we were in through this youth group. It came in through the youth group, On Fire for God. And I remember at that time, we were meeting and we would pray 24 hours a day. Now, not everybody together, we would take a time, maybe one or two people, meet at all hours, all around the clock, and we would come in and we would press in to prayer, press in to knowing God, press in to praying for our brothers and sisters in the Lord, press in to pray for people to come to know Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, it changed our lives. It changed our lives because we were talking to our Lord Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit was coming in. And so there was 24 hours of prayer. We would have prayer meetings collectively where people would come together. And it was absolutely amazing what would begin to happen. And so it's no different this day. God can still do the same thing. Again, we can't make it happen. But if you go on to know the Lord, God is going to reveal himself to you. And if you're with a group of people and they're in that same seeking through prayer and communion with the Lord and worship with the Lord, you're going to experience outpourings of his Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. But I desire that, and I want that. And then this third thing that happened uh, was a, a desire for repentance. Now, I'm telling you what I've experienced, but I'm also telling you all the revivals and awakenings that I've read about. Repentance was always a part of it. And you know, it's the funniest thing because before the Spirit of God pours out upon us, we don't even realize we need to repent. 
there's not an awareness. We're again, like Romans talked about, we're spiritually asleep and we don't even know it. But see, when this outpouring comes, the hunger hits, the desire to pray, strong desire to pray, and then repentance will start. Honest to God, when we were going through this time that we were in with this youth group, at that particular time, we would come into a church service and the song service would begin and it would be just like any other time. And through that, people did not have to receive an invitation. The prodigals, the ones that had were out of fellowship. They did not have to have an invitation. They started running to the altars. Nobody asking them, nobody prodding them. They, through this mighty move of God that was among us, it would hit them and they would come to the altar and they would repent and ask God to forgive them. See, there needs to be that in this day and hour that we live in. So many Christians are far away from the Lord. You say, how do you know? Because I see it. Turn their back on God. Walk with God for a while and turn their back. The things in the Scripture that are truth, turn their back on that Scripture and act like it doesn't exist and it's not true and it's passed away and now we're on to bigger and better things. You might be on to other things, but they're not bigger and they're not better. Amen? So repentance, we found repentance to be so important. And see, this is one of the things I've learned. Sin at that time becomes so sinful. Because you see, when we're just living and going about, well, that's not so bad. Look at what these other people are doing. But sin becomes sinful during these times of awakenings and revivals. And, and folks, that needs to happen today. Not putting up thing, with things in our own life. I'm not talking about somebody else pointing out your sin. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit putting the finger upon your heart and talking to you about it. And then you get it right with the Lord. How powerful. How powerful. Amen. The fourth thing uh, that I have observed when it comes to revival is salvation. People being born again. We know in the book of Acts that when that um, rain fell, if you will, rain is indicative of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When the rain fell in the early church, we know what happened. They, uh, they would meet every day at church and they would study the Bible and they would worship and they were praising God. They were on fire for the Lord. And then if you continue to read that scripture, you know what it says in the book of Acts? It says that many, 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 many were added to the church daily. They were added to the church daily. And then we see another place where they were, the Christians coming, the people that became Christians coming to the Lord it was multiplied. The numbers were multiplied. And so we understand that salvation 
during an awakening is going to happen. Not repentance for the prodigals and salvation for those who do not know Jesus. And see, we're in the time of the end. And when this great outpouring comes, during this time, there's going to be multitudes that come to know Jesus Christ. You know, here at Redemption, my husband and I, we have always been about soul winning. We were soul winners ourselves. We've been all over the world sharing Jesus and winning individuals to the Lord here and abroad too. And, and we've taught that in our local church and we've trained people how to lead others to the Lord. And you know, we're seeing right now so many people being born again. Just about every week, we receive reports from our congregation. I was just going about my business, and I led someone to the Lord. I was at work, and someone was in trouble, and they needed Jesus, and I was able to share, and they're open, ready, and receptive. See, that's where people are today. They're open, ready, and receptive. And so, it's a time when people will get born again. What will the devil tell you? Well, don't share your faith with anybody. You know the time you're living in. There's persecution against the church. People don't want to hear that. That's a lie of the devil. Some people don't, but many do. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. And so as we get closer to this great awakening and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see more and more people come to know Jesus Christ. So very, very important. Amen? Now, I'm going to um, share something else with you. When revival hits and the awakening comes, people begin to be moved on by God. And I'm going to tell you, healings happen. Miracles happen. Well, we don't see miracles. We don't see healings. I understand that. And, you know, some people never see it. Some people, it's sparse and far between. But when revival hits, there are miracles that happen. And I remember, again, when we were leading this youth group, and we were in a service one day, and the Holy Spirit came and brought a gift of the Holy Spirit through the word of knowledge. And my husband had that word of knowledge. And of course, the pastor said, go ahead and give what you have. And so he called out someone who had cancer. This person had cancer. And so the person was prayed for, hands were laid upon through this word of knowledge coming, and the person was delivered from cancer. Now, you may not understand that. You may not know how it happens, but it's by the Spirit of God. And so it's true, it's real, and it's for today. Miracles happen. Let me tell you about another miracle that happened. We were in Bible study with our youth group in this denominational church. And we were studying the Bible, and the pastor brought in a young man. This young man 
was a mess. I'd never seen anything like him before or since. Now, I've experienced people needing deliverance from the powers of the devil. I have since, but I hadn't up until that time. The pastor brings in this young man, and he couldn't even walk on his own. His mother on one side, the pastor on the other. And when he came in, it's just, I remember, I can only tell you from my perspective, there were a lot of people in the room with the, the teens and my husband and a few other people. But I'm telling you from my perspective, my mouth dropped open because I couldn't believe the condition that this young man was in. And so we began to do what we knew to do. We began to pray. We began to use the name of Jesus because that's the most powerful name and devils respond to the name of Jesus. We began to sing about the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm not kidding you, this young man... Um, who was in such dire need and had made a mess out of his life. The devil had really tried to destroy him, tried to really kill him. He was in the, he was in the cemetery. Sounds like the madman of Gadara. In the cemetery, sniffing paint, him and friends. And, you know, you, you might get into something innocently, but it doesn't stay innocent. The devil takes you further down that path. That's what he'll do. But anyway, so we began to do that. All we needed, uh, knew to do, sing about the blood, um, pray in the name of Jesus, bind the devil through Jesus' name. And we saw, a long story short, we saw this young man delivered and in his right mind. And he ended up going to a school uh, in another state for young men to help him get his life in order. And I mean, if you had seen him in the beginning, you wouldn't have believed it. But God knows how to, to deliver people. He knows how to do it. And if we cooperate him, with him, then we can experience that and see people set free by the Spirit of God. So very, very important to understand that and know that. And then this young man got his heart right with God. He wasn't a Christian. He got his heart right with the Lord. See, that's why I'm talking about the salvations. Now, the fifth thing that I want to talk about is a humble boldness that God brings into our life. This is so important to understand that. Acts 4, 29, and I'm going to read that. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. They were praying this prayer for all those disciples that were there and ministering and praying it for themselves because they were going about sharing Jesus and uh, laying hands on people and seeing miracles take place. And so they needed this holy boldness. But see, I want you to understand my observation from reading, it wasn't a boldness like an arrogance. It wasn't anything like that. It was a it was a humble boldness. In other words, you depend upon Jesus to help you. Let me just get out of the way. Let me, the great one, I have arrived. If that is your attitude, you're not doing anything for the Lord. Humility is what 
brings in the Spirit of God in a situation. Lord, I need you. I can't do this on my own. But see, this, this humble boldness needs to come. Just like in the book of Acts, they were uh, persecuting the church. They were putting them in jail. Uh, stopping them from preaching in the name of the Jesus. And they said, don't preach in that name anymore. Why? Because the name of Jesus is powerful. Don't preach in that name anymore. And they said, we're going to obey God rather than man. And so they'd get back up and preach. And consequently, they ended up many times imprisoned because of it. But the people came together and they lifted up their voice together collective prayer, and we talked about that a little bit earlier. They lifted up their voice and they prayed for boldness. And so this humble boldness needs to be present for this last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And again, only God can bring that and make it happen. And so it's so important to understand the world will oppose that. The world will tell you you're crazy. The world will say you're a fanatic. <clears throat> some people, you know, they act flaky on their own. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about obeying God and doing what He asks you to do and tells you to do. Amen? Now, the sixth thing, as I'm finishing up here, uh, the observation that I made during our time of revival, and then also when I read about past awakenings and revival, was this, spiritual songs and singing. And <clears throat> Ephesians 5, 18, 19, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled. And one um, translation says, be being filled with the Spirit, be being filled. I think that's important. Why? Because if you get filled one time, and I prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but if you want to stay full, be being full. See, just because you had an experience years and years ago, don't be tricked into thinking that's all there is to it. Be being filled with the Spirit. And now when you come to that uh the end of that, what does that mean? How? How do you, how are you be, being filled? It says, speaking to yourselves. Speaking to yourself. I'm telling you how this process begins. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your own heart to the Lord. And so singing and worship, and even t take your Bible and go to the book of Psalms and begin to worship the Lord through reading Psalms. Or he may give you a Psalm of your own. Lord, I was down and I was out and everyone counted me out. But you came along and you lifted me up. You lifted me up out of my sin. You lifted me up out of my troubles. And now I am set in the kingdom with you. See, that could be your psalm. You could speak out of your spirit. You can sing. You say, well, I'm not much of a singer. Oh, well, not everybody is. But you can still sing. Make melody in your heart to the Lord. And it talks about spiritual singing. There are songs that are written that we know that we sing. But then there are songs 
that are spur of the moment in the spirit. God drops down into your spirit and you just, just like the psalm, you begin to sing it out. And the Bible says you will stay full of the Spirit. You will be being filled with the Holy Spirit when you speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes, even hymns. Hymns. You know, today we do a lot of contemporary music here. And it's good and very, you know, can have some very spiritual contemporary uh, songs, Christian songs. But... There are hymns that are powerful. And if you read when the people wrote them, what they were going through, it's like, my goodness, so anointed by the Spirit of God. So speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to, to everyone. No, to the Lord. You worship the Lord. See, if, we, if we're taking care in our prayer closet, in our communion time with the Lord to fulfill this scripture out of Ephesians 5, then when we come together, it's going to be multiplied and it's going to be powerful. So here are my observations. And I'm glad you listened today. And I'm going to pray a prayer as we're ending. Father, so much you want to do for your people in and through your people. Take these things that we've talked about today, stir in all of our hearts and help us to be more like you and help us have personal revival, Lord. Help us to have personal revival. And then as you plan and your purpose, Lord, pour out upon all flesh. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.